Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in with me live this morning on IGTV or for listening to the podcast later. Welcome back to the Keto Fit Weight Loss Coaching for Women. I'm Jess, your coach, and I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. My question for you guys this morning is, does anybody else other than me get stressed the heck out sometimes about holidays coming up or um, get-togethers with families? Do you just stress the heck out about food when it comes to that? I totally used to, and I've been um, seven years on keto now, and I've learned some good lessons along the way on how to successfully navigate a low-carb holiday. And so that is what I'm gonna be bringing to you guys this morning, four tips on how to have a successful low-carb holiday or call it a family get-together. So we have Easter coming up in about two weeks now, a little less than that actually, a week and a half, and I know some of you guys are going to be doing your um, you know, grocery shopping, ahead of that so I wanted to come on and give a few tips regarding that so thanks so much again for tuning in with me and um, before we get into those four tips that I'd like to share with you guys just a couple of housekeeping items Um, I wanted to let you know normally I am live with you guys every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on IGTV and then you can count on that playback later on Wednesday afternoons on the podcast the self-care keto podcast wherever you listen in, but for the next uh, two weeks, I actually will be taking a short break from that. I'm going to be traveling next week, which I'm so excited about. Uh, We have a four-year-old daughter, and for the very first time, uh, my husband and I are going to be taking a trip, just the two of us, and um, we're really excited about that. So yeah, um, it's been oh my gosh, uh, almost five years since we've been away alone together. So we're very excited um, and and very grateful to Nana and Papa who will be um, spending time with her. So that's going to be why I won't be able to be here next week. And then the week after that, I'm going to be starting a new client, um, which I'm so excited about. So, um, and speaking of which, um, just wanted to let you know, I do coaching one-on-one specifically for women, helping women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. And um, I am taking new clients right now for the month of April. So if that's something that you're interested in and you want to talk a little bit more, um, my new client coaching package is five weeks. Uh, Transform your life in five weeks and I'd love to work with you. I offer a free curiosity call and just send me a direct message on either Instagram or Facebook. I'm at the Keto Fit and we can get you signed up for that. If you're listening on podcasts later and you don't have social, you can definitely also send me an email to theketofit at gmail.com. Just hop on over to my website, theketofit.com and fill out an inquiry form and uh, we will go from there. So yes, I would love to um, take you on as a new client and just walk alongside your journey with you. So, all right, that was the housekeeping. Thanks for sticking with me for that. And um, now we're going to talk about four steps to navigating a successful low carb holiday. So again, I'm bringing this to you for Easter, but the advice is applicable for really any holiday or family get together that you might be doing um, over the summer or as we come back towards the end of the year, if you're listening to this episode later. So the first tip is to get as much information as you can ahead of time. 
So I don't know if you're gonna be the person maybe hosting this family get together, you can definitely you know look up some low carb recipes, what would be some good crowd pleasers. Um, hop on over to uh, my page. Um, again, it's at the Keto Fit on um, Instagram or Facebook and I have some fun uh, recipes and I'll be sharing those on my stories this week too. Some really good crowd pleasers that um, keto and non-keto people alike will love. So do your research ahead of time in terms of what you want to make for your menu. But I think the more stressful thing is when you are not the person hosting. And that um, it has been a lot more of the commonality for me in the last seven years. So yeah, are you going to your sister's house? Are you going to your mother-in-law's house or your mom's house? Or are you just gonna go to a restaurant? So try to get as much information as you can ahead of time by reaching out to your host or hostess. And if you have, you know, enough of a secure relationship there, just be straight up. Say like, hey, you know, I'm eating low carb. Um, what are you planning to make? I'd love to bring something and just try to get as much information as you can ahead of time. So usually, um, with Easter coming up, there's going to be some type of main dish protein, a ham, a turkey, maybe some fish, um, you know, with, I'll just give you an example. So like with my mother-in-law, um, I probably wouldn't ask for a special accommodation on the ham. I'm just going to accept that there might be a little bit of sugary sauce on there and uh, just kind of deal with that. But with my sister, I feel a little bit more comfortable and I might say like, hey, before you glaze that ham, you know, can you cut off a little section of it just for me? And she's done that for me in the past. So talk to your host or hostess, get as much information as you can ahead of time. Um, or if you're going to all be going out to eat, just go ahead and look up your menu ahead of time and try to navigate, okay, what can I order that's going to work for me? Number two, and this is the most important thing. Ask yourself what you want your plan to be for you out of self-love, not out of people-pleasing in any way, shape, or form. So really take some time to sit down and think about it because you can have a successful low-carb holiday sticking to low-carb, eating exactly the way that you would normally eat the rest of your week. Or you could say, well, I'm going to have a little bit of deviations. Maybe I'm going to have a few more, you know, carbs than I normally would because it's a holiday. Or you could say, you know what? I'm going to just skip low carb entirely on this holiday. That's my prerogative. And I'm going to do that out of self-love for myself. But let it be something that it, it's truly what you want to do, not out of people pleasing. So, you know, we all have different, different personality types. Um, you know, maybe you're kind of a perfectionist and everybody knows that you've been following a low carb diet and maybe you do want to deviate on this holiday, but you're afraid that other people will have too many questions for you. Like, oh, that's not keto. That's not low carb. So maybe that is your form of people pleasing is that you want to still remain perfect even on a holiday. That could be a trap that you're falling into. Or maybe you're just, um, you know, more like not wanting to cause any conflict or not wanting to rock the boat. So you're afraid to ask for any accommodations or you're afraid that, you know, people see you eating a certain type of way on a holiday and they're just plowing the Reese's eggs and you're going to make them feel uncomfortable because you're not indulging in the same way as them. So I want you to do your best to just wipe um, your mind free just for a second uh, while you're making your plan and ask yourself if nobody else were watching me, if if I weren't even celebrating this holiday with anybody else, what would I want to do on this day out of self-love for myself? And again, self-love self could look like sticking 
you know, very strict to the way that you're normally eating. You are like driving hard towards those weight loss goals. You don't care that it's Easter. You're like, it's more important to me to just stick to it. Or self-love could also look like, you know what? It's a holiday and I've been doing awesome and I want to, um, you know, have that dish that my mom makes every year. I'm going to let myself have that. Or I really do want to have some Easter candy with my kids, whatever that might be. But as long as it comes from you and it's not people pleasing, let that be um, what you're going to do out of love for yourself. Okay, so number one was get as much information as you can ahead of time. Number two is ask yourself what you want to do out of self-love, not in order to please others. Number three, okay, create your plan, even planned deviations. So words are important. Um, have, have you ever called it a cheat a cheat day? Have you called it a treat day? Um, I actually don't like to use either of these words because cheating implies like some type of morality with your food. There's no good food. There's no bad food. There's no moral food. There's no immoral food. And yes, we could go down the rabbit hole of talking about ethically sourced foods, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about the self-talk that you have in your mind after eating a certain food and you, you know, feel shame or you feel bad. Um, you know, food is not moral. Carbs are not bad. They're not evil. It is simply a tool that you're using to restrict carbohydrates, to switch your body over into burning ketones for fuel, burning fat for fuel so that you can release some of that stored body fat off of your body and lose fat and achieve your weight loss goals. You're just using a tool. It is not good or bad. There's no morality to this whatsoever. So why would we call it a cheat? There's, it's not cheating. You're not, it, that's not a sin. That's not, you know, immoral in any way, shape or form. So that's why I don't like to call it cheating. And you know, I also don't like to call it a treat. Um, and the reason for that is because does that imply that you're not treating yourself great every other day that you're following a low carb diet? So you can treat yourself well, no matter what you're eating. So I also don't like to call it a treat. I just call it a deviation from your normal, regularly scheduled program. We're having a, a deviation from that on this day. And so there can be deviations that are planned deviations and there are also unplanned deviations. And from working with clients and also from, you know, just doing this myself over the last seven years, I find that if it is a planned deviation, afterwards, you do not feel bad about it. You wanna know why? Because you did what you said you were going to do. And so you did, you did it, great job. Check the box, you were successful as long as you did what you said you were going to do. So unplanned deviations are a little bit harder to navigate because you have that inner critic that you, you know, inherited maybe from, you know, a critical caregiver or just whatever. You're, you're beating yourself up um, because you did something that you didn't plan to do. You can get past that. But that's why I'm doing this episode right now. So let's let let's not let the unplanned deviation happen. If you want to create a plan to deviate, that is still success. If you ended up doing what you said you were going to do. So that's the third step. Create your plan, even planned deviations. So don't call it a cheat, don't call it a treat, call it a, a planned deviation if that's what you're gonna do. Maybe you're not gonna deviate at all, but we're gonna come up with a plan. And so your plan has to be centered around what you have 100% control over, right? You cannot plan for things that you don't have any control over. So if you don't know what the menu is going to be ahead of time and you don't have the ability to figure that out, or maybe you're just don't want to ask because you don't want to be bothersome to somebody, I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and do that anyway, because people love you and people want to support you and people want to help you. Um, but if you are like, okay, I actually don't have any control over that. Um, 
maybe because I'm choosing not to go there. That's okay. So, but we are going to come up with a plan of what do you have 100% control over? And I want to give you guys just some really, really practical tips of things that have helped me. So um, number one is again, ask for accommodations ahead of time. If you can reach out to the host or hostess and say like, hey, just wondering what you're making. And then when you know what that is and you know like, okay, I could eat um, you know, the ham or the turkey, but it doesn't sound like there's any sides or you know, maybe um, your mother-in-law is going to be making a giant salad and normally she would put like, you know, a fruity vinaigrette on it because that's what she likes to do with the goat cheese and the raspberry vinaigrette and the spinach or just whatever. You could ask for a simple accommodation like, hey, that sounds so delicious. Would you mind just not putting the dressing on the salad or setting aside a, a little portion for me so that I could use, you know, a more um, full fat, no sugar salad dressing on mine? Like, ask for accommodations if you can. Or if you're going to a restaurant, you know, you can call and ask for accommodation. Like, hey, would you guys be willing to do this, that, and the other? Um, so that's the first uh, concrete thing that you could try. The second concrete thing that you could do is to bring food with you. Um, so you could either bring food just for you or you could bring food to share with the group. So again, if you're talking to the host or hostess ahead of time, you know, you might feel a little bit weird. You know, sometimes what I like to do is just say like, hey, thank you so much for having us over. Um, you know, what can I bring? And that, that sometimes will, um, you know, let the host or hostess like gently say like, oh, you don't have to bring anything. I'm planning on making this, that, and the other. Sometimes you might have to be a little bit more specific. Like, hey, can I ask what we're having? Um, you could even, you know, if you feel super weird about it and you have kids, you know, sometimes I've done that. Like, hey, just wondering, you know, Elsie's a little bit picky, just wondering what you're serving so that I can figure out, you know, what she can eat or whatever you want to do. Um, but try to find out ahead of time. And then if you want to bring food just for you, like let's say that um, your hostess is making um, appetizers and there's going to be chips and dip ahead of time. So, okay, usually most dips, like a French onion dip or something is something that is keto that you could do. So you could just cut up some veggies um, or bring a bag of pork rinds or, you know, you could bring a portion just for you or you could bring enough to share with everybody else. So that's usually something really simple that you could do is just to bring some cut up raw veggies. You could, um, if you feel like it won't offend your host or hostess, you could even bring an appetizer to share with everybody. Like, hey, can I bring some cheese and olives and nuts just to share with the group? And you know that that's something that you can have. Um, and you can do this with side dishes as well. So um, again, I'm gonna share to my stories this week, um, you know, a strawberry broccoli salad, uh, it can be so delicious. Or my absolute favorite appetizer, that's a great side, but my favorite appetizer to bring that like literally everyone will tell you to bring this to every party forever in the future is a garlic bacon spinach dip that's just delicious. So um, usually savory recipes that are keto, everybody loves them no matter what. Desserts I find are a little bit like, eh, people can taste the difference and they're not really as excited about desserts. But um, when you're bringing food for yourself, so, so that you have more control over this again, um, you bring a dessert just for yourself or bring a dessert to share with everybody else. One thing that um, I find is a really good crowd pleaser dessert, and this is perfect for Easter, is like angel food cake with berries and whipped cream. Like everybody loves that, right? But you're just gonna have the berries and whipped cream and not have the angel food cake for low carb. Or again, if you're deviating, you know, do whatever the heck you want um, on this day, but that's just, um, you know, a simple tip. So if you're not gonna bring dessert for everybody else, you know, this is one of those times where it could just be really smart and easy to go grab yourself like a keto chocolate bar, like Lily's um, sugar-free chocolate bar, throw that in your purse. And then when everybody's eating dessert, you can have your thing and you're not feeling deprived and you're not feeling tempted um, to do what everybody else is doing. 
So another really concrete um, tactic that you can try at a family party or a holiday is um, to do uh, a sample plate. So usually there's like, you know, a a ton of food and you're not really sure um, you know what's keto what's not um, do your best right but you're gonna grab a plate and you know fill up on your protein and then for all the sides um, try just a little bit you know um, to you're just gonna take really small portions of everything a little sample size of everything um, and this is comes in really handy too if you're going to deviate from low carb because yeah you're going to um, enjoy yourself but it doesn't mean um, it, th this tactic helps you so that you don't take so much of a portion of something that you're um, allowing yourself to have. You're, you're deviating from your plan. So you're allowing yourself to have this portion of macaroni and cheese, but you took a huge scoop or somebody served it for you or whatever. And now you feel obligated to finish it, but you're like three bites in and you're like, you know what? This really isn't worth it to me that I'd rather, you know, um, deviate and, and kind of spend my carbs on the peach cobbler instead of this um, macaroni and cheese, let's just say. So the sample plate comes in handy in that way when you, especially when you're going to be deviating so that you can just be really conscious about um, what you're what you're allowing yourself to have um, out of self-care on this day without going so crazy, without feeling um, like you're gonna offend somebody if you don't finish the entire portion of the food that they made that you've now put on your plate. So try the sample plate method. This comes in handy with sides and it also comes in handy for dessert time too. Um, so if there's multiple desserts and you've already predetermined like, I'm gonna eat a sugary dessert because that's what I wanna do on this day. If you do the sample plate method um, and take a little bit of each dessert and then consciously decide like, you know what, the brownie was my favorite. I'm gonna go for a larger size portion of that now and that's gonna be like my full thing that I'm that I'm enjoying. So, all right, another concrete thing, it's not food related, but look up some conversation starters online um, because have you ever just like gotten those awkward things of like people pushing food on you? Like, here, try some of this, here, try some, oh, you can have just a little bite, you know, yada, yada. And sometimes it's really helpful to have specific uh, conversations that you can redirect people who are food pushers or who are just asking you awkward questions about like, why are you eating that way? Um, you know, and you just don't really want to get into it. It's really good to be able to redirect somebody with a really thoughtful um, question. You know, like, of course you can say like, how's your job going or just whatever, like, but sometimes fun things to do at the, at the table. Um, and it just kind of, I think it takes it up a notch and really helps people to go deep and enjoy the conversation together as well as the food is to ask like, you know, a fun question that nobody's been asked before. Like, what was everybody's first job? Or, um, you know, if you could, like this or that, would you rather be, you know, this animal or that animal and why? And kids love this type of stuff too. So look up conversation starters online and that'll help you navigate some of those awkward things of food pushing or just people asking you a lot of questions about how you eat and maybe making you feel like on the defensive and you just don't wanna deal with that. Redirect with thoughtful conversation. Okay, so that was some concrete tips on how you can actually formulate your plan ahead of time. So again, our four tips are get as much info as you can ahead of time. Number two, ask yourself what you want to do out of self-love, not out of people pleasing. Number three is to create your plan ahead of time, even the planned deviations. And number four is actually stick to your plan right? So I know we've all experienced this before of what does that feel like when you don't stick to your plan? 
you feel so disappointed. Sometimes you're heaping shame on yourself and no, that stuff isn't healthy, but what you're actually experiencing is um, what psychologists would call cognitive dissonance. You are not living out your values. You didn't do what you said you were gonna do. And literally they've shown that they've, they've hooked up electrodes to people's brains. And when somebody is feeling cognitive dissonance, it actually creates pain. Like it lights up the same center of the brain where you feel physical pain. So no wonder we hate that feeling and we're actually just like stringing together these thoughts of like, oh, I'm so awful. Oh, what the, what happened? Why do I always do this? Yada, yada, yada. We're trying to punish ourselves um, because our brain is trying to make sense of this painful feeling that we have. So we can avoid that if we actually just stick to our plan. So when you do stick to your plan, on the other hand, though, you feel confident. You feel the, the reward centers of your brain are lit up. You're like, whoa, I just did what I said I was going to do. Like, go me. Even if it was deviating, you did what you said you were going to do. And then you've kept a promise to yourself and you're building up trust in yourself that provides you with even more confidence as you continue on your weight loss journey. Um, so that's what we would call um, a non-scale victory. I did what I said I was going to do. And you know, that's amazing. That's that's so important. It's more important, actually, than whatever the number on the scale is, is that you kept a promise to yourself. You trust yourself. So with that said, set yourself up for success by creating a plan that is overly generous as opposed to overly restrictive. And you know what? If you go into it and you say, my plan is... I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to consume more carbs than I would on a normal day. Whatever you think that that looks like, give yourself permission to be a little bit more generous with yourself instead of just being super duper strict because you can get into the moment and if somebody does offer you a dessert and you've said, yeah, I'm gonna allow myself to have you know, whatever dessert I want on this day, I'm going to eat low carb for my meal, but then when it comes to dessert, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy it because I love what my mom makes. It's a once a year thing that I'm gonna do and I'm gonna have that peach cobbler. And then you do the sample plate method and you try a little bite of it and you're like, I, I already made the conscious decision that I was gonna allow myself to eat this whole thing, but I just really don't want to. And you know what, that's okay. So, but you've been overly generous with yourself and not only have you done what you plan to do, you've even, um, you know, exceeded your own expectations. So again, give yourself a really generous plan ahead of time so that you can set yourself up for success to keep your promise to yourself. Instead of being overly restrictive, like no, no matter what, like no matter what comes my way, I'm not gonna deviate, I'm just gonna be hardcore, you know, yada, yada. Give yourself permission. So, and you will succeed and then you will come out of it feeling so good about yourself as opposed to setting yourself up for failure by being overly restrictive. All right, wonderful people. I hope that you have the best Easter holiday, however you choose to celebrate it, or that this advice comes in handy for any kind of future holiday or family get together that you might be doing. And I really appreciate you guys tuning in with me. I'm so grateful that you're in my community. Um, and I just, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve you with free, you know, keto advice, free healthy mindset advice. Um, and if anybody has any questions, advice is always free. So please feel free to reach out to me. Like I really take a lot of joy in just communicating with you totally for free, answering questions about keto or low carb, because I know that there's so much information out right now and it can be so overwhelming. I think the best advice that I ever heard is just to find one person that you connect with, that you 
can relate to that you trust um, and just listen to what they have to say and develop a relationship with them. And um, if that's me, I'm so honored that you, um, you know, are here and that you find that you're connecting with me and I want to help you completely for free however I can. And to also let you know that if you want to take it up a notch and work one-on-one -on -one with a coach, like I would love if you would choose me for that. So um, again, you can reach out to me uh, at the Keto Fit on either Instagram or Facebook. And then you can send me an email to theketofit at gmail.com. You can check out my website for more information on coaching. It's theketofit.com. And guys, again, reminder, I won't be back next Wednesday or the Wednesday after that. I'm gonna take a, a short two-week break, um, doing some traveling with my family, but then I'll be back with you guys um, the middle of April, um, Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you guys again. I hope everybody has a great rest of your week and a great Easter holiday. Take care.